Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. I'm Rudo. That's Megan. That's Eric. It was media today for the Colorado Avalanche today. Both of these two were down out there interviewing everybody under the sun. Uh, <laughs> a lot to get to, to be honest. I wanted to start here. Devon Taves. How seriously are we taking the comments that he wants to spend the rest of his career in Colorado? Is that I'm in front of the cameras and saying what you're supposed to say? Or is that, no, he actually wants to be here. He's going to find a way to stay. It's what I've heard murmurs of beyond this conversation, that there is an incentive to stay. Now, obviously, there are a lot of other factors to that conversation, including Taves admitting himself that it is a business at the end of the day. This is a man with a family to think of as well. And so looking at this stage of the career onward to securing your financial future is of the utmost importance. So I don't discount any of those things to be true but there is a genuine happiness playing in Colorado that I believe will motivate both parties to come to an agreement if possible and I still believe that and I think that there's a lot of genuity in what he's saying in the presser too about wanting to stay in Colorado and you put it best when you said I'd also like to spend the rest of my career (laughs) playing alongside Kill McCarr so I think there's truth to where the Avs are at in their compete window and Taves recognizes that his chances for another cup are probably pretty good here in Colorado for years to come, and that's another reason to stay. It's a great fit for him, right? Yep. I mean, we know that. You're playing with Kale. You're playing with a great sports talent, right, Denver? Yep. I mean, you have a championship two years ago or whatever you want to call it. Now you look at the core. You know there's many more championships uh that are available for up to grab right you know yeah. who knows what's going to happen but they have a great chance to if you talk to people you know, a lot of people are going to pick them to win the cup this year right yep. you know so and the next couple years you know especially um, if he stays that's right you know <laughs> what i mean and it's like i i agree what he said i truly believe what he said and he wants to stay here um everybody always says that because that's the right answer but I genuinely think he wants to stay here. But at the end of the day, money talks. Let, let, you, it's Megan just said it's a business, and when it's a business, the the money has to work. It has to work for for both sides. And if there's common ground, then of course he wants to stay. And he's going to stay, and he is a valuable piece of 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 this franchise and and this team. But but yeah, it has to work. And there's a lot of outside pressure too, usually from the PA from from his peers, from all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes along. and and But he seems like such a quality human being. And, and of course, this is where he's kind of developed the Devontae's that we know he did well on the island, but, you know, it became a more well-known commodity, right, playing alongside Kale. But I always say, and I hate when people say, like, oh, yeah, he plays with Kale McCart, you know. Well, no crap. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Flip the thing too. You got to be able to play with Kel exactly. McCarr, and you make yeah. Kel McCarr pretty good too. And I, I'll tell you one thing: I know Kale's the nicest kid in the world, but every time he talks about Devontae's, it's pretty nice. You know what I mean? And yeah. he always makes sure because it goes hand in hand. So you got to be able to play with elite players like Kale, and this guy sure can do it. And then they're a wonderful duo together. So hopefully, we'll cross our fingers that it does work for the Avalanche, and it does work for him and his family. I hope so. The, the duo back there is pretty good in Colorado. We'll put it that way. Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Obviously, in theory, he could sign a contract any day if the Avs are willing to do that. But we'll see how it goes on that front. Uh, next topic I wanted to talk about. 
is, is the injury list going to continue forever, Megan? Uh, you, you posted a laundry list of injuries, and, and some of them we already knew. Obviously, Landis God, right. Chris Wagner's injuries were already fairly public. We saw what happened to Poland at the, the rookie tournament. But boy, is there a lot of guys day-to-day on that list for the season not having even started yet. You know, I kind of wanted to put it to the group, too, because I don't feel discouraged about the season seeing that list. I still feel as high on it as I did when Tatar was added to Colorado. I got really excited for the year to come, and that hasn't wavered even seeing that list. Because of what you noted, a lot of those guys being right on the fringe of being good to go, being day-to-day, I genuinely believe that's true. Kale McCarr made a comment because he is one of the players on that list that he doesn't want to get 10 games into the season and have to take time off because he's not 100%. I think that they're entering the year with an abundance of caution and that seems like the wise course of action there because of what they went through last year. It's not great news to see the list that lengthy, but some of that is guys that we were hopeful on the American League side seeing, like the Andre Pavel, Jason Pullen. Yep. And so Foodie being a part of that too, one yep. that we knew wasn't quite ready to go. And so it just makes the overall list look huge, but you are looking at a list of players on both groups to the AHL and the NHL side. So it's just a really comprehensive list. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of those guys that are on the brink of being healthy, like the Josh Mansons, get cleared in the near future. Yep. A couple of the more disappointing ones you can see on the screen here. Uh, for me, at least, one, Cal Ritchie still at the point of rehabbing that he's not going to be in camp at all. That's a little bit disappointing that that does seem to be taking a little bit longer than they hoped. Because they said fall time frame, but it yeah. does sound like he's going to miss a chunk. No, yeah. I don't want to say chunk. A little bit of the start of the season. Yep. So that is disappointing, too, for Oshawa. And then the other one, Saku Manalainen. Uh, one of the guys we were maybe most hopeful or for of the PTOs could not pass his physical. So that PTO did not work out already. Tough spot. Eric, yeah. I wanted to ask yeah, so. you if different NHL teams have different standards for their physicals and if there's reputations like, oh, the passing physicals on that club's a little bit more challenging. Oh, absolutely. It's a fair question. I mean, uh, 32 teams, so obviously 32 different ways of handling different things. You know, when you, but, 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 you know, somewhere, somehow, we don't, I don't even know what his injury was. I don't think any one of us know that in the lab. We just know he it. didn't pass the physical. You know, physical, he just didn't yeah. pass the physical. And, and sometimes you got to feel for it. You, you feel for, for the player too. You're like, yeah, yeah, he probably worked hard. And it's like, oh, this is my last try. On a PTO, usually it's because you're not able to get a contract, right? Yep. Obviously, that's why you are on a professional tryout. Um, so, it's always tough to see sometimes because you're like, you don't know the extent of it. So it yeah. could be, you know, well, it can't be that bad if he showed up here. So it can't be that bad. He was but, on the ice briefly. But yeah. then again, we don't know. And I'm not speculating. So, but sometimes they find something else with your EKG or something like that, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. that you're not even aware. So yeah. I'm not saying he was trying to trick the avalanche into something. Obviously, he's trying to, you know, save his, his NHL career. But, and then same thing with Richie. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, He's a kid that's drafted, obviously, with the injury. Yep. Now he becomes Colorado's property, even though he hasn't signed. He hasn't signed a contract, right? Obviously. So, but he becomes their property. Therefore, different sets of. To your question, you know, that's the Avs doctors. Maybe they're saying, "Oh, we're going to handle this differently," or maybe the path that you were on. Uh, no offense to whoever was, you know, his junior team, but yep. I, I think this is a better course of action for you. Therefore, 
it takes a little longer so then we don't get to see him uh but now the avalanche want to make sure they do the right thing so yes to to, to go back to your question there's many ways to look at injuries there's many ways to to look at physicals and and i'm sure there are some some teams that are more loosey-goosey than others but somewhere somehow you have to be able to to to, to do the right thing medically for the of for course. the person the player right. and you know you don't just clear someone just to clear them you know what i mean you got to make sure it's it's good to go so like you said unfortunately for a guy like you know I don't even want to attempt at saying his name, so you're, 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 I'm going to leave Just call him Saku. Saku. He's the first name. But, uh, yeah, so it's unfortunate. But, yeah, and then I was looking forward to seeing, um, the, you know, hopefully it's, they said day-to-day, like Poland. Yeah. Obviously, we got a taste of him last week. We talked about the stages. And then next week going to a, or this week going to a exhibition games, you know, preseason games, NHL players. Um but it doesn't sound like it's that serious. You know, I mean, he seems to be in the same category as uh, who else was in that category? It was uh, Poland, uh, Andre, Pavel, in that Pavel category. There was one more. And Wyatt one more. Amit yes. is the yes. other. There you go. Yeah. So the, and I felt bad because the way Jared was talking, he's like, hopefully these guys get back on time. We can see them into a preseason games. You know what I mean? Which. Yeah. As a player, that's what you want. You want preseason games because yeah. you want to show that what you're able to do. And But also on the flip side, Bednar and his coaching staff, they have to get themselves ready for game one. So yeah. therefore, it's not like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? I always say it's not cut up oranges and, you know what I mean, juice boxes anymore. It's the NHL. Right? Well, so. I mean, look, right? They have six preseason games. The first three, it's kind of anything goes. You can see some dudes. The last three, it's mostly guys getting ready for the start of the season. So... If they can get back, I think specifically by that third game, usually send the AHL guys, the rookies on the road. Yeah. Maybe they get their opportunity, but it would be unfortunate for the ones that can't get healthy for that option because they probably just won't get a game this preseason. And that's tough. That's an opportunity to miss, right? Yeah, to, exactly. To impress, to show what you can do and, and to gain the trust of the Avs coaching staff. Uh, the one other thing I, I saw someone mention in chat, Kale McCarr still kind of dealing with whatever lower body thing. I right, heard it was hip. Yeah. And, and you know, he talked about it in the playoffs last year with something he's dealt with before. So it doesn't seem like it's anything that is a serious problem that could keep him from playing games or anything like that. But you sure would like to see that guy at 100% health to start the year. Absolutely. And that's one who specifically talked about proceeding with caution and his timeline sounds like he'll be on the ice this weekend, whether that be with the main group or by himself with the hope that he returns to the main group sometime next week. That's really optimistic of an outlook. So it's why I'm not panicking around McCarr, but it isn't great to see that even with a little bit longer of an off season, he wasn't fully healthy to start. Definitely a little bit of concern shrouding that part. I agree. Uh, On the other side though, it's, with a guy like that that plays so much i mean you know he plays so many minutes and everything and and what training camp does is it gives you time it's long before the first game and a guy like that does not need three four five six x preseason one he's one (laughs) you know let don't kid yourself you know he needs one and he needs a few practices and then it gets into his rhythm so so i think time is on their hand so it makes it easier to manage a little bit what's going on right there. I'm not worried about it at all, actually. And, you know, but, I, but like, but like Megan said, I agree. It is, you know, he is my favorite player. So I'm going to be honest, but it's, 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 
oh, I wish he wasn't saying that. Yeah, right? yeah. But, you know, sure. There's that little part there. But I mean, just to re- you know reassure people, I just think that he's going to be more than fine. You know, Eric, we say all the time in season, nobody's ever fully healthy, right? No. Nope. How normal is this to start a season? Are you usually 100% ready to go at the start of the season or is there some stuff carrying over? Yeah, until that first practice, till you run into someone. Then you're like, oh, here we go again. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. So it never Yeah, ends. I usually yeah. feel good. Uh, you know, I take a guy like McKinnon, yeah. right? You know, takes care of himself in the summer, works hard, and then, you know, he's all ready to go until, you know, like you get one hack on the hand or what, you know what I mean? Like, oh, God, my finger. You know what I mean? So yep. it's, you know. But it's, I think it's more the, 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 the mental, like, sure. you know, like break, you know, from yep. putting your gear on every day and, and then just going away, seeing some family and, you know, just like, just to rejuice your body. Come back re- ready to do it again. Come back ready yeah. to do it again. Yeah. And it's important that I think last summer was short. We all know that. Yeah. Shortest, uh, off season, the history of the league, right. Coming off the year before. So somewhere those guys will be ready to go i like what we saw today there was in their eyes they were excited they were ready to go and i think you know and it starts and you know what they'll talk about they have a good core group yep it starts day one of training camp there's no let's wait and see what happens it's starting to switch when it's when when, when it's for no no, the switch goes on now You know what I mean? And, and that's does, the difference. You does know? the switch ever turn off with McKinnon? Let's be no, honest. No, it's exactly. <laughs> and, and, and But that that's a culture thing, right? So they got to make sure the switch is always on. And and I think that's what they've realized the last few weeks, a uh, few weeks, few years. And now they realize that they, they did win. They know that's how it's done. And that's the only way that their culture is about it, which has been great. I thought that was the most McKinnon answer of the availability too, <laughs> was in asking him if he's going to derive any motivation from the loss to Seattle at the end of last year going into this camp he was quick to say that his motivation going into each next year is the same because of who he is he's equally motivated every camp to have a good season and that he he doesn't really take much then from that Seattle loss and I think that's the most McKinnon thing he could possibly say yeah he's he doesn't need extra juice no he's already wired that way he can just do it no matter what happened. Um, one other thing I want to touch on this song before we get more into that McKinnon interview. Uh, not that this is all that surprising, I don't think, but a lot of very positive comments about Val Nichushkin returning to the team, whether that be from McKinnon, Bednar, or otherwise. Uh, look, whatever you feel about it personally, the Avs are happy to have him back, and they're going to move forward at this point. So... Hopefully he plays well. That's where I'm at with it. I thought McKinnon's answer about receiving Val Nichushkin struck a chord in me the most, and it was Kale, the other player who was asked about it. But he was asked in such a way, like, do you have faith that Val Nichushkin can do what he needs to do, show up as the player that he is? And McKinnon said something to the effect of it's more than faith that they have in Nichushkin to be that guy, that they love who he is as a player, they love who he is as a person, and they're excited to welcome him back with open arms because in reflecting on how McKinnon talked about the Vanichushkin situation in the playoffs, there was frustration in McKinnon's voice. And to see that now be something that's very positive and I would describe as loving is very encouraging that they have addressed this inter- internally. And Kale McCarr corroborated that too in his response. He acknowledged that this was a bit distracting to the group in Seattle. Their, their minds started to wander a little bit. Yep. around this outside noise and 
he's been really excited for the group to reconnect since Val has been back in Colorado. And Makar used the word committed. He said that what he saw in Nichushkin, you know, coming back from summer is a very committed player and echoed the sentiment that there's this trust that Val is going to be the player on and off the ice that they need him to be. Yeah, and then, you know, it sounds like they they aired their dirty laundry, you know, together as a team, and that's what you need to do. Yep. Um, I think uh, Jared, uh, Coach Bednar, you know, answered it too, and he said he talked to him early in the summer, talked to him the uh, yep. last few days. Obviously, um, you know, it's behind them, and as a team, I think it's important. There's a different relationship, too, between you and your coach and then you and your peers. You know, there's – your peers is very important because yeah. those are the guys you're out there with. I mean, forget about it's important your your management, and your coaches, but your peers are very important. And uh, it sounds like they, you know, they met and they talked, and you know, for them, it's it's case closed and let's move on. So that's what it sounds like. It and uh, see what happens. There you go. We'll leave it at that. We are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get over to DraftKings right now. Get in on the NFL action every single week. And when you sign up with a new account with code DNVR and bet $5, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's five on any of these NFL matchups any week when the DNVR code is used to get those $200 in bonus bets. And they can do even better than that. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So you still got a good bit of September left to get in and get a bunch of great betting offers through DraftKings. It's just more fun to watch football when you're in on the action. So be sure to use that $200 code only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with that code DNVR. Uh, <clears throat> make sure you get in on it on their app. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.t1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, L.A. Uh, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Uh, also brought to you by Illegal Pete's. We didn't get to go to the Rapids game today because we're doing this show and had media day and all of that. But the rest of DNVR all did the hit up illegal Pete's and go to a Rapids game. So the whole gang got their illegal Pete's today. And you can get yours when you go to one of their 11 locations here in Colorado, including one just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar. They have happy hour from 3 to 8 p.m. So you can get in on that and get some delicious margaritas to go with their amazing burritos. Their queso, whack, to die for. You cannot go wrong when it comes to Illegal Pete's. Go check them out today. We're finally getting some cooler, nice weather as the, the summer's finally breaking. So their patio will actually be nice and enjoyable. Highly recommend you go check them out if you haven't had a chance to yet. Get your Illegal Pete's on. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast here. Uh, do want to talk more about McKinnon and Landeskog, but we're going to let them talk for themselves <laughs> first as we do have their interview footage ready to play here. So we can throw that up on screen whenever you're ready, Tiff. The moves the front office made this offseason and just what's your guys' mentality going into camp? Um, yeah, I loved it. Um, I think it addressed a lot of needs and having awesome people, awesome players around is always nice. Uh, 
you know, all the guys that I brought in are very chatty and um, very personable guys, which is fun to have around on a day-to-day -day basis, as well as great players. So the fit seems great. Obviously, we haven't stepped on the ice for camp yet, but it feels right, and um, I think we're all very excited. Yeah, I think same thing. Just echo the same thing Nate says. Is I think you know right away when you see them in the in the off season, you know it's obviously exciting. But then you never know how they're going to gel with with guys or with a group and whatnot. And so far, it seems great. Um, all quality people. They all bring something to this team that we felt like we needed. And and obviously, the C Mac and Joe felt the same thing. So it's it's exciting, and I'm, I like our group a lot. Ryan and Evan. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I feel really good. Um, I think we're about four and a half months into this. And um, yeah, no, it's been it's been a really good process so far. It's been obviously hard at times and and uh, and other times you make more progress than 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 not. So it's uh, it's been, it's been really good. And I obviously going into it, I didn't fully expect what to fully know what to expect. But it's been really good. I've got a lot of quality people around me that are helping me out, and obviously a very strong support system of my family, teammates, and friends. So um, that's been great. Um, now, obviously, as as camp rolls around, it. Uh, yeah, it, it sucks not being a part of it. Um, but I think having digested that part of it for the last four and a half months and knowing that I wasn't going to be a part of it uh, has made it a little bit easier. And I'm just here. It's great to see everybody checking in, obviously seeing our team doctors and, and the team staff and everybody. It's been great. Um, so it'll be good to be around this week and, and then I'll be continuing my rehab and and we'll see when I come back again. But um, it's been really good, and it's fun seeing everybody, especially the teammates. Evan and Eric. Nate, uh, Chris McFarland said they talked to you guys a lot, or talked to you a lot when they were discussing Jonathan Drew. And what's it been like being back on the ice with him, and what do you think he can bring to the team? Yeah, um, obviously, I know I know him, or I knew him as a um, a teammate in junior, and I knew him obviously the last ten years as a person, and. I think he's a great guy and another guy that's fitting really well in with this group. Um, you know, I don't know what the lines will be and, you know, I wasn't telling him to come here to play with me or anything just to, you know, I think it's a, it's a great group. And obviously Montreal is a heavy, heavy place for a French Canadian. And um, I think he loved it there, but time for a change. And I think it's a great spot here. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be very versatile. Um, such a talented player, uh, works really hard, and it's been fun kind of, uh, you know, being back on the ice together. Eric and Jesse. Gabe, how important was it for you and for the team for, you know, despite knowing that you're not going to be on the ice anytime soon, for you to be a part of this, to, to be here for media day, to just kind of continue in that leadership role? Yeah, I mean, it, it, listen, it doesn't, just because you're hurt, doesn't change the fact that you're part of the team, right? Um, and the only reason I'll be, not here every single day of the season is because I, I, I need to focus on what I need to do, and and that's to to get myself better and and uh, put myself in the best spot to to continue to progress physically, and and uh, I'll be supporting my teammates from 
from a distance at times. And then, you know, at some point or another, I'll be back here and rock and rolling with the guys uh, down the line. So, um, you know, it's, I couldn't imagine missing training camp, you know. Uh, obviously, I would have liked to, to be part of it. And, uh, but that'll come, so. Jesse, then Pat Graham. Gabe, not to keep harping on it, but you just kind of alluded to it a little bit, but being able to go through this summer and have a little bit of clarity on, on where you're at and how you're rehabbing, just how much difference has that made with you and maybe even the way you've interacted with the team? So it was this time last year that, you know, it's okay, it'll be a few more months, and then a few more months. Does having that clarity just make it a little bit easier? Yeah, I think so. I think it makes it easier on everybody. Um, you know, myself, my teammates, fans, Everybody knowing what to expect, right? Um, and I mean, it was a big surgery, so it's going to take take time, and and uh, you know, we we'll just continue to put the work in, and I uh, trust the people that I have um, that I work with, and and it's been really good so far. So we're just going to continue that, and and I'm going to continue supporting my teammates, and and uh, you know, being their biggest cheerleader for now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's no doubt been, been, been a good process and excited to keep going. Pat and Brandon. Hey, sorry, sorry to keep harping on this, but, uh, just one last question about that for me. Um, when you had the surgery, you didn't know, you didn't like, I mean, there's a path back to the ice, but you didn't know if it was for certain until maybe now do you see the path back to the ice and where are you at? Are you back skating? Is that later on down the line? I definitely see the path. No doubt. Um, I feel really good about where I'm at and I'm excited for what's next. Um, not skating yet, but I think it's in somewhat near future. Um, I haven't seen my surgeon yet. I'm six months, six month checkup is coming up, uh, start of November. So at that point we'll, we'll see what the surgeon has to say and we'll reassess at that point. But, um, nonetheless, I'm excited about where I'm at. Brandon and Kyle. Hey, you're obviously a, uh, such a big leader already, but with Gabe not around all the time and EJ no longer here, do you feel a sense to pick up, you know, some of that slack even more years of the vets, or is it you know, this will be back soon? Uh, no, um, I just gonna continue to be myself, and um, hopefully that's a good leader. Um, but yeah, I just don't think you try to be anybody you're not. I think guys can see through that pretty quick. But yeah, I'm just trying to um, lead by example on and off the ice. Um, continue to do the little things I do every day um, to try to help myself and the teammate and my teammates be at their best, and um, that's all I can really do. Kyle and Peter. Gabe, I'm curious. Over this past year, being off the ice, has your relationship grown with Chris McFarland at all? Have you get to spend more time with the front office, being sort of the respect you have in the building, and, and I imagine people want to get your opinion on things. Has that changed at all? I don't think it's changed a ton. Um, We've always had a good relationship, um, and we continue to have a good relationship. And, and I think it just, I'm more available on game days than when I'm in the lineup. So if he wants to call me, he can, but he doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, other than that, I don't think it's changed at all. Um, you know, you just, you have a little more time to talk about other things uh, because you're not necessarily focused on the game that's coming up or whatever and right so i don't think it's changed much uh we continue to have a good relationships and and yeah
Just a couple last ones, Peter. Nate, obviously you, you guys wanted to go farther in the playoffs last year, but as this offseason has gone on, have you felt benefits of, of having the extra rest and maybe a little extra hunger? Yeah. Um, I just don't think we had the team to win last year, and when you're in it, you, you always believe. Um, but, yeah, definitely it's uh, it's been great. I think we're very motivated and um, – you know, it just felt like we never really had it last season all year. You know, we won the division, but I don't know. It, it took some teams kind of falling off and we got really hot, but, uh, you know, it just didn't really feel like we really had it. So um, I think we we're all very motivated this year to kind of get our standard back to where we needed to be to win. Um, you know, you have to be pretty near perfect to, to get the job done and um, hopefully we get our captain back at some point. Um, yeah, it's, it'll be tough to get it done without him. So, um, but we have, like like you said, or like everyone said, we have tons of good depth. Um, you know, our top nine is really, really good right now, and I'm excited to, to see how things uh, shake out in camp. Last two, Ryan. Nate, at this stage of your career, is each season motivation enough, or do you hold on to things from, let's say, last season to motivate you entering this year? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm motivated from last season. Um, I think I'm equally motivated every year. You know, I, obviously not winning. After you win, it kind of sucks. It feels like, you know, we weren't healthy enough to really, I don't know. I know it's an excuse, but I'll use it. You know, we weren't healthy and um, took a lot of players off our team that we could have we used. So um, I guess that's just motivation just to see this thing um, as good as it can be, you know, praying for good health all season from everybody getting guys back, obviously, and um, yeah, I think my motivation's always kind of the same. Last one. Uh, Nate, Val's back with the group. Um, Coach Bednar said he has faith in Val as, as a person and a player. Uh, how has the team welcomed him back? Yeah, with open arms. Uh, we love Val, and um, I think it's more than faith. I think we, you know, we just know he's going to be here for us, and uh, you know, he's such an amazing player. I've said it many times. I thought he was our best player in the finals against Tampa. He was a, he was such a beast all over the ice. And uh, Val's a good person at the end of the day. He's a great guy. We all love him. And, um, yeah, everything's good. Great. Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. That was Mac and Landy talking all about, well, a whole myriad of things that we'll get into. I wanted to start with Landy, though realistically where do we think he's at he hasn't started skating he says he maybe sees it on the horizon somewhere the original timeline on this surgery was 18 months so the reality is he's probably not going to play this season but say the Avs go on a deep run they're pushing a conference finals or something do you think he could be in a spot where he could give it a try or is this a don't even think about it just move on deal with it in the future there's a couple of things that specifically would be ill-advised from my perspective, just because he would have now missed two seasons worth of gameplay. Yeah. Even though I think he is an incredibly valuable asset to the team. We don't know what Landeskog returning from this specific procedure looks like on the ice in gameplay. And that would be a really deep point in the season to test that. And it would be with such high stakes as well. I think that there's, a belief that he'll be on the ice joining the group at some point down the line. But whether or not he gets in games, I think, depends on, one, 
once we learn more in the next couple of months, if he does take to the ice at all, I think we could better determine then if he will be able to get in games down the line. But I think that has to be answered first before we're starting to talk about him appearing in the playoffs. But a note I wanted to add is when Jared Bednar was asked if he considered naming a new or temporary captain, he said no. And he explained that it related to the notes they're getting on Landeskog's recovery being positive, trending in the right direction. And if the notes on his recovery had been different, he would have dug into that consideration differently. But because it's been positive through this point so far, Landeskog remains the captain for a reason. And I think that is something then that has a little bit of optimism around it. But as far as the extent of that optimism, I'm still not ready to really evaluate when Landeskog would return to gameplay specifically. I liked how he answered the question too about last year, if you compare it to this year. Last year, everybody was saying, oh, in two months, he'll be back, or whatever it was, the timeline. And then all of a sudden, it was getting closer. It's like, oh, a little setback, another six weeks, you know. Oh, and then you got there. It was like, oh, another four weeks, you know. Yeah. So it was always like, you know, some sort of a distraction, you know, because sure. – not that he is a distraction, but he is your captain. He is a leader. He's a big presence. He is, you know, an outstanding player. And obviously, they win the cup the year before. He's the captain. Yep. It's awesome. So, of course, people are going to ask those questions. So, now I think it was a little different. Like, he's like, okay, I'm out for the season. So, that takes that away. It takes the pressure away of of, of, of those questions. And it's just not looming over the team the whole That's year. That's right. Yeah. And then, but I think, like, Bednar answered, and like he kind of did, I, I work with food, so you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, he needs a cookie, right? And that is cookie is maybe I can get back at yeah. the end of the year. But no one's going to ask me about it, and I'm never going to say I am, but let's just, that's my goal. In that's, the back of his mind In the somewhere. back of your head, yeah. and it makes you get up in the morning. And, and like he said, do what he has to do, which might be away from the team, which sounds like it will be at times, right? right? Yep. Um, we don't have everything here in Denver. Uh, you know, which is which is normal. Uh, go see a specialist somewhere, and then and then it sounds like he'll be around. At, you know, obviously, and then there's again technology, and you know he's going to be on that group text with the guys. And yeah. so this guy's a leader. He's 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 one of my all-time favorites. He's you know, I'm I'm not worried about him. You know, when it, when it takes time to put the efforts that it's going to be needed to to get to that level, and to if he. Ever, you know, ever is this season, you know, in the playoffs, pull a, uh, you know, kind of like a Golden Knights or a Temple Bay Yeah, Knight, yeah Knight exactly. Yep. Um, then that'd be awesome. If there's one guy that can do it, it's him. And that's why Bednar knows that too. And that, hence the question about the captaincy. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for him. I, I, he's such a good kid. Like, no, he's not a kid anymore, but <laughs> he's such a great leader. And now what he has to do is... It's just look at that cookie, right? And then just where where can it take them? Where can it lead? And uh, you know, wish him the best of luck in that stuff. And you know, it sounds like he's he's in a happy state right now, and that's very important. And I think he's just gonna push through and see where it leads him. Well, and and look, Megan already mentioned the positive signs Bednar was talking about in Landeskog's recovery himself. You also tweeted the uh, the Lonzo Ball clip a couple <laughs> weeks ago of him doing one legged squats or whatever because i heard specifically with regards to this procedure that that motion of lifting the knee like that and yeah. extending it is a concern and to see lonzo putting his full weight and standing up 
I'm not going to get carried away with what that means and how that translates to hockey. But seeing Lonzo kind of defiantly respond to what critics are saying about his recovery, and he's a few months ahead of Landeskog, who's only four and a half months into this thing. not been that long, yeah. It's basically, I'm in a place of, I don't have reason to be concerned yet. Everything is trending in the right direction so far. There hasn't been this hiccup that has been encountered along the way for me to start getting worried about. So... So far, so good is so where I think we'll so leave good. it at. It's really early and it's unprecedented. Like we don't know how these surgeries heal for pro athletes, yep. and we won't know until they go through it in the next couple months. Yep. So, still in that wait and see exactly category. But hey, look, if you're being realistic about it, you have to feel pretty good how things have gone so far. Uh, the other side of this interview, Nathan McKinnon. Megan, we were talking while the uh, the interview was on. Is it finally, is Nathan McKinnon finally turning into a, a leader, not just by being an insane player, but a little uh, a little maturity to him there? I appreciated the smile when he said that he hoped he could be a good leader. And he <laughs> talked about on the ice, which is how he's led before. Yep. He's been good at leading by example on the ice of how he wants his guys to play. And similarly, the culture away from the ice that McKinnon has established in diet recovery, strength and conditioning regimen yep. is a pretty high standard that I think everyone feels obligated to meet, whether McKinnon is verbally leading them in that way or just by <laughs> example. And where I'm going with this is I think that McKinnon has reconciled what type of a leader he is and what also is necessary in terms of the leadership group moving forward without a Landeskog for the season. Now that they do have that certainty I think that Rantanen stepped up last year. Taves is a part of that. Makar is a part of that. Definitely. But McKinnon is too. And I think he's going to take some more ownership of the role he has in the leadership group. And that's not to say that he hasn't before. I just think he recognizes that even though his approach to leadership might differ from Rantanen's, it's still needed in this avalanche group moving forward. When you're a guy of that stature, you know what I mean? Like it's, the top know, of what the top he, top yeah. five player in the league yeah. arguably right yeah it could be your number one could be your number four could be your number two but um when those guys are your hardest working guys it, it just transpires to the rest of the team like i remember my playing days here joe was our hardest working guy so but he's a superstar yep. so then if you're a guy that's a bottom six and you see him you're like oh god maybe i should work hard i mean like you know what i mean like yeah. um and i remember ray bork being you know like again like one of the all-time greatest defensemen in the history of the league and got traded here. I don't remember who it was and practice ended and, you know, he wanted to work on something. Then he went back and looked in the room and he saw, again, I'm not shying away from naming the person. I don't remember who it was. Sure. But then he was looking and then he's like, hey, what are you doing? And the guy's like, well, practice is over. He's like, no, no, we're going back out there. We're working on this, this and that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and when a guy like that says that to you, you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like... So those guys lead by example, but it's the it's the level of commitment that it takes. You know what I mean? And rising that's why, tide raises all ships, type th- of thing. That's yeah. right, and and that's why training camp, uh, not even knowing these first few days, like those kids that are there for four or five days, you know, the greatest thing you can do as an organization is to have the McKinnons and McCars and. And those guys are right there, and those kids just soak everything in from being next to those guys. They're like, whoa, I got a long ways to go. You know what I mean? Because those guys are at the top of the food chain, and then look at the way they prepare for practice. Look at the way they prepare for for scrimmages. Look at the way they prepare, like, uh, pre-practice, post-practice. Look at the way they prepare in the gym. 
So those are things that are invaluable for those kids coming in. And that's why as an organization, it's fun to, to have so many numbers at the start. Obviously, then the coach wants to get down to smaller numbers and you know, yeah. let's get ready for the first yeah. game. But those, this is where it gets very important, where your leaders are, are so important and, and what they transpire to the rest of the organization for the short time that those kids are here. Yep. You don't get a long time with it. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you here on McKinnon, you know, he said he didn't tell Drew and sign in Colorado or anything like that, but obviously they know each other quite well. When someone like that gets added to your team, is there a, does McKinnon feel a certain level of responsibility for that guy to, to lead him a little bit? Or is it just, Hey, this is my old pal and we're going to go back to the way we were doing things. Yeah. I, I think like he said, I think he made it very clear. He's like, I didn't tell him to come here to play with me. You know, yeah. like, Jared's going to decide and coaching staff and we'll see where, you know, sometimes you don't have any more chemistry. I, I don't know. And I'm not saying they will or they won't. I'm sure they'll get a shot at it yeah, just by looking so. at the depth chart. Right. It kind of makes sense. So yep. um, I don't think it was a big we've talked about this before. It's not a big risk for the avalanche. No, right? Not You're talking all, about yeah. under a million dollars, which is a lot of money, but not in hockey terms. And and I think that he comes in uh, and he touched on it and I and I can touch on it, uh, meaning right away. McKinnon said it. It's it's tough to be a French Canadian to play in Montreal. It is. It's yep. it's just a lot of pressure. It is a different atmosphere. And I'm not saying that it's a bad place to play because I didn't play in Montreal. I would have loved to play in Montreal. You know, <laughs> again, how would I have dealt with the pressure? Probably not that bad. When you're a bottom six, it's okay. But when you're a high end guy, there's a lot of pressure on you. There's a lot of spotlights on you. And it sounds like, you know, Jonathan struggled a little bit with that, even yep. though he did put up some some good seasons right on the ice yep uh but it looks like you know it was time for a change that's what nate said so who knows how it's gonna be uh you know their playmaking and their 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 sixth sense and you know being <laughs> together and all that stuff and but obviously they had it back then in juniors and, and like you said he's just here and he's a good human being and he's excited to have him around and it sounds like he's helping him out around town and making sure he's getting acclimated and yep. you know finding all that and that's what you do in you know friends first and then hockey is second and and then it translates on the ice and we'll see what it does i think there's some pressure because mckinnon has essentially endorsed Druin as a fit on this team but there's no more pressure on anyone than Druin and what it means for his career moving forward and what can come from this not only is he looking at hopefully chasing down a cup with this team but what happens next year and his viability in the nhl beyond this point is going to hinder on the type of year he has and the type of money that can be made from that as well We've watched other players come through Colorado as recently as Evan Rodriguez and earn really good contracts at the end of it all. Whether that means Druan has a future in Colorado because the fit is so good and he feels this is the team that took a chance on him or he just earns a big payout somewhere else. There's a lot of reasons for Druan to want this to work as well. And so I think, you know, McKinnon sort of taking his hands off it in a sense and, and leaving it to Druan is the right course of action there because this is going to be in Duran's hands and he's going to have a lot of opportunity all right love the answers if you have been attacked by the Montreal media <laughs> you might need Bacchus and Shanker <laughs> call 222-2222 today and go get a hold of them they'll give you a free consultation if you've been injured in a car accident or a ride share situation even if it's at work if you've been hurt and not your fault give these guys a call or go to coloradolaw.net 
They'll give you that free consultation no matter what. If they think you have a case, you will pay them nothing up front for them to take on your case. They earn nothing until you win your case. They just want to get you the money that you deserve for your case. So go check them out. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the 25 years they've been doing this. They're extremely, extremely good at what they do. And uh, yeah, they, they got it on lock with the two number. Get your consultation <laughs> today and get what you deserve. Uh, also brought to you by the folks over at Shady Rays. You can go get yours at ShadyRays.com. Use the DNVR code when you purchase and you get two pairs or more. You get 50% off your entire order. They're fantastic sunglasses. Can't recommend them enough. Had them with me out in Vegas surviving the uh, the heat out there. It was, it was very sunny and hot. Not going to lie to you. Uh, Shady Rays did help, though. Uh, go get them today, ShadyRays.com. You can also check them out. They're brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall. And the best part is you lose them, break them, or just don't like them the first 30 days, they will replace them completely for free for you. So you might as well give them a try at ShadyRays.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Anything else you two want to add from Media Day before we get into a little bit of training camp stuff? It relates to the training camp stuff. Okay. Uh, training camp does start tomorrow. The official roster is out now. Not anything too super surprising on that list, to be honest with you. I wanted to start with you, Eric. What's the difference between captain's practices and, and day one of training camp? It's a, it's a good question. Um, and we always say, like, you can skate all summer and, um, you can train all you want, but it's nothing like when it's for real. It's your job. It's for real. There's a common goal now. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. It starts when? It starts tomorrow. Uh, you know, it doesn't really start with captain's practice because not everyone's there. Sure. It may, you might take a day off that day. So for the first time tomorrow, everyone's together. Everyone's there for the common goal. So, yes, I mean, there is a difference because right away it's for real where captain's practice is not for real. You know what I mean? So it's... There's an element there of everyone's there, everyone's watching. Uh, this is the start. All right, the first part is three days of scrimmages, and you know, and then we get to the first exhibition game Sunday, right? So, so there is an an element there of we got to be ready, and then you're pushing just a little bit more, even though you're working hard in the summer, it's still not the same thing. And then there's a little bit of physical contact that you're not gonna see in captains' practices. Um, and I'm not telling you that you're out there hurting each other, but, but there is a physical you know, element. Yeah. There is physical contact. There's battling in the corners where you're not doing that like yesterday, the day before. You're, you know, you're getting some drills here and there, but it's not the same thing. So now this is more for real. And then, and then, then you're like, all right, my body's adapting. It's, it was great. It was three months out, whatever it was. And then I feel I feel pretty good, but I but I do I I do need to get into a bump, you know, or hit. And then Sunday, that's what it's for. Now you're really hitting someone for real. That yeah. you know what I mean? Like that that's an opponent. That it's a lot like. closer to full speed. It's yeah. a lot closer to full speed. And then then your body and your brain adapts to everything. And then you make yourself, you know, ready to go. Some guys, it's one, two, three, four games, and then then you're ready to go for the first game. And and that's where even in in practices. Like as you get closer to the first real game, you know, uh, uh, Coach Bednar and the staff will do maybe some some more battling drills and some more one on ones and two on twos and three on threes and all those. And you get your body ready to go, and then but it's never the same thing as of course until you play against a real opponent. Yeah. You know, 
I was a second ago distracted because I was trying to listen to Jared Bednar specifically addressing what he's looking for in camp. And there were a couple of things I wanted to listen for. He volunteered a couple names that are on his radar because in lieu of all of these injuries, there is now a rise in opportunity yep. for players that want to get a roster spot. It might not be a full-time roster spot through the season, but there's opportunity for them to impress and get in potentially NHL games as some of these players that are day-to-day -day are recovering. And so he volunteered that there's a couple forward spots up for grabs and one D, at least one D spot. And in hearing that, then we look around because we just covered the rookie showcase. So we know of some of these younger players with limited pro experience that are vying for those spots. But we also know that in between that are the fringe players that have established games under their belt, like Keaton Middleton and Corey yep. Schoenemann and Jack Ashan. And so now Sam Malinsky, he's up against the likes of those players, as we alluded to after the showcase weekend with some of the challenges that are presented for Jeremy Hansel as well. And so I think this is where the intensity ramps up that much more because in hearing Josh Manson is close and in the day-to-day -day range, I actually feel this gives rise to the NHL debut of Sam Malinsky at the end of this because he doesn't have to contend with waivers and Josh Manson is going to return sometime in the near future. Yep. Why not let it ride and give Sam Malinsky his NHL debut? And if that's the cookie that's waiting <laughs> at the end of all of this, I'm extremely motivated more than before if I'm Sam Malinsky to impress in camp. And so I just think that this is going to be an intensity in camp. Maybe unlike I've seen before, just because there are these opportunities that are a little bit up for grabs, at least in the immediate future. And especially for players, because the other list of names that Jared Bednar volunteered is Riley Tufty, Frederick Olison. Frederick Olofsson is one who has been skating with the main abs group in yep. these captain's practices. And I think it's telling, especially after the year he had in Dallas. So there's a few names already on Jared Bednar's radar that are worth keeping an eye on. And I think that's going to be a storyline to follow throughout camp. So those are some of Jared Bednar's names. I'm curious. I want two names from you. Players to watch at training camp. One, an NHL regular that you're looking at. And then two, one of those fringe players. Ryan Johansson is at the top of my list because I want to see how he fits with the speed that the Avs like to play once the intensity of camp starts to sort of match what gameplay is expected to be. I think we're going to start seeing in line rushes that emulate game speed as closely as possible, and he'll be paired alongside talent that is most likely who he's expected to play alongside in the season as well. And so for that reason, I want to see how he stacks up alongside NHL talent, at least through these first couple of days um and then the not nhl regulars that i'm looking to it's essentially what i just said frederick olsen being yeah. at the top of that list and sam Malinsky because i don't think he's a shoe in there i do think he does, he have, does to have to contend to with yep. jared bednar's safety blankets and mm -hmm. that is players like keaton middleton i'm assuming that have pro experience and are going to play a very loud game. I hate to bring that back up, but <laughs> there's a reason Anton Bleed stuck around so much after training camp, and it's because this is the time to make an impression on Jared Bednar. Yep. And sometimes the experience does favor the player. And so that's where I'm going to be looking at Malinsky closely. He He's definitely going to have to make very few mistakes, which is a lot of pressure. I, I think that he can handle it, though, because he is a little on the older side, has a lot of poise. So that's the other one. Eric, same question. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Miles Wood. Okay. Um, I I like the player. I love his speed. 
Uh, I, I, I know a lot's been said about the contract and everything, but I'm not worried about that. I, I'm worried about the player himself, like see how he adapts to this, um, this uh, lineup. Um, I'm excited that he is a he is a wrecking ball out there at times. He is <laughs> reckless, you know, um, and he just goes, and I like that. And I think uh, you know maybe they were missing a little bit of that last year towards the end of the year with the injuries and everything. Uh, so that would be one. Um, two would be maybe Riley Tufty. Okay. And and and, and because. <laughs> Uh, you know, thinking about it. <laughs> no, I. How can I word that? I, I hope I was wrong two years ago. I see. Uh, does that make sense? And yep. then I want to see because I, I I can't say that I've seen him the last two years. I have not. Sure. Um, I but but I can't wait to see him. Yeah. To see wh- where has he been? You know, his play wise. You know, from two years ago when I last saw last saw him. Yep. Hey, um, sign of a good scout is you hope to be proven wrong, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. So it's you know I'm I'm, I'm hoping that there, there's been a lot of growth, and then and then and like like I said, who knows? You never know as a guy with, with size like that. You never know yeah. what what you can do, and then you put him in a lineup like the Avs lineup, and then some guys are just a wonderful fit, and then all of a sudden you fit well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, for my fringe guy, I would take. Ben Myers. Love that take. Look, this is this is it now. He had his 34 games or whatever it was last year. I think he probably has an inside track to a roster spot, especially if there are a couple of guys that maybe aren't quite ready to go. But there's no more guarantees for him anymore, right? He's got to go out and earn it. He's got to show, hey, I've played NHL games more than some of these guys, and I'm going to go be better than them and lock down one of those spots in the lineup. Uh, or not. Who knows how it goes. But And then at the top, uh, I I really am trying not to say Jonathan Druin, but I'm just, I'm fascinated. You can say Druin. Like, it's that's on good. brand that's a good with you. Pick. And, and as much as himself, but where the Avs choose to utilize him. You mentioned yeah. it with Johansson seeing who he ends up playing next to. I'm curious where they envision Druin really fitting into this lineup, whether that's next to McKinnon. Maybe it's next to Johansson. Maybe it's next to Colton on the third line. I don't know. Right. He could really fit into any of those spots potentially. So I, I do think it is, it's pretty exciting to see how it all shakes out given how much turnover the abs had at that forward core, especially you're talking about five guys that are now going to get sorted out through this training camp and things figured out. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about it all tomorrow live from the rink as it's a Wednesday night and the bar is popping off out here. This is why you got to get down to the DNVR bar fam. <laughs> Random Wednesday nights. We going hard. Uh, any, anything you guys want to add? Any final thoughts on training camp before we get out of here? No, 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 no. I think it's just exciting. There you it's go. It's exciting. It's just, it smells like hockey. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very quickly, a $2 super chat from Vaguely Silver saying, all Malinsky all the time. Love it. We uh, we have our friend of the show, Sam Malinsky. Hopefully, <laughs> you guys will be uh, will be making a couple more friends of the show uh, through this training camp. We should be having a, a couple of more players on the podcast uh, this weekend and, and tomorrow even. So be sure to tune in. We'll be going live roughly around 1.30 every day of training camp. So tune in. To the rest of our shows, like and subscribe here on YouTube. 
help us out with all of that. Follow us on Twitter, DNVR underscore Avalanche. And you can support us by going and getting yourself a Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. Look, my read says I should be promoting the Broncos country to you, but we're done with that. It's, <laughs> it's Avs time now. Yeah. We're promoting the Avalanche Amber Ale now because this is the start. This is where it all begins for this season for Colorado. No two ways around it. Let's get in there. Get yourself an Avalanche Amber Ale. Find it with the Breck Brew Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. And if you want something a little bit harder, check out Breckenridge Distillery. They have award-winning whiskey, which you can get in on. All sorts of different stuff, too. It's more than just whiskey. They've got a new uh, Broncos vodka that you can go check out. All sorts of amazing alcohols. And most importantly, the hashtag Broncos bourbon over on Instagram with your favorite picture of a Bronco, you can get entered to win in their sweepstakes for two tickets to a suite to the Broncos game on New Year's Eve against the Chargers. So that's a uh, that's a pretty big prize. Great way to spend New Year's Eve, if I do say so myself. Even if the Broncos aren't any good, you're in a suite at Mile High Stadium. What's not to love? It's going to be a great time. Go out there. Use the Broncos bourbon hashtag over on Instagram with your favorite photos. And once you do that, they'll narrow down to their top 10 favorites. And then there will be a fan vote over at BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos. You can get to their website today. Make sure you get entered in for your chance to win and check out their award-winning alcohol that's all we got for today's show. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow and Saturday and Friday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Lots of shows coming your way. Days off don't exist anymore thanks to training camp. We'll see you there. Talk to you in the next one.